1: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45% up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
0: sports radio 92.9 the game back at a chuckery show hanging out the key studios Wednesday night with you 404-726-0929 that is our solomon brother's Diamond Text Line to be a part uh, of the show. Well, Falcons had their first official practice of this new season, and uh, our man was on the scene. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline, Lennox Ford Dealer. Let's talk to our buddy Joe Patrick, Falcons reporter for 92 9 The Game. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page at JA Patrick200. Joe, as always, my friend, uh, appreciate a few minutes on the show.
2: Hey, absolutely. Anytime. We always love talking to you.
0: We uh, don't have the fancy intro for you. Um, quick, very very quick question. I, I've always been fascinated. Why do they call you smoking, Joe? Did you have a great left hook? I mean, is that what yeah. it is? I mean, uh, what it's, What was the story behind that?
2: It's funny. My parents had the same question the, the first time they heard. It. They were like, where does that come from? You know, they probably didn't like, I, I swear I'm not chain smoking cigarettes outside the studio um, no, I, I don't know. Uh, Randy came up with it. Randy and Michael came up with it. Okay. Um, I think maybe it had something to do kind of like with the overlap with Joseph Martinez and like his goal celebration. You know, okay. he was doing the whole like smoke it and put it out with your foot. So maybe that's where it came from. I don't know. But sometimes when basically when Randy gives you a nickname, it sticks. Right. So right, right. It kind of stuck.
0: And, and you don't have a choice. I mean, so that exactly. that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Because, because when it's I think better
2: than. Mike Bell was telling me to adopt a nickname like uh, Joey Balls, and I, I'm glad that yeah. I went with uh, yeah. we got Smoking Joe. Yeah,
0: no, yeah, I, I, I think that was a better one. Yeah, I, when I think of Smoking Joe, I think of Smoking Joe Frazier because that was his nickname, and, again, right. he was known for the left hook. But, again, I, maybe you've got a great punch. I, I can't speak <laughs> for you on all of that. So, um, obviously, first practice today, um, you know, it's overreaction time, you know, <laughs> for uh, the Falcons. Um, Every pass is micromanaged in in things like this. But uh, the first question I'm going to ask you is why did they wait so long to sign Michael Pruitt? I mean, again, this was a guy who tied for the team lead in touchdowns last year. And I'm not telling you that he's going to be some valuable piece. But, again, he's a guy that you would think that fit in with this team and the fit was good. Why did they wait so long to bring him back?
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I think, and we have yet to talk to Mike but we'll def- I'll definitely ask him this question uh, when we do get a chance to talk. But m- I suspect that the team was basically giving him a chance to, to to find somewhere that may be a better deal. And if nothing of that, like that came up, maybe he was looking for multiple years from anybody. Uh, but if that wasn't going to happen, then he you know comes back to to Atlanta. And I yeah, you're totally right. I think Arthur Smith and the staff is. Super happy to have him. Apparently, he got like a – it was like a huge round of applause, like a cheer from inside the locker room when uh, he had made it known to the team that they were going to be signing him a couple days ago. So, that just shows you kind of the pull that he has. AJ Terrell spoke about him specifically when we talked to him on uh, check-in day. So, clearly a guy who's met a lot to the team on the field last year, and it was definitely appreciated in that locker room.
0: You know, Joe, I have uh, I have consistently said on this show and, and everywhere that I've been, and I've, I've said it on – other platforms that I've I've been a part of that I think the low key best move that the Falcons made this year was getting Jerry Gray um, as, a, mm-hmm. as a coach uh, on their defense, assistant head coach. Um, obviously he's a guy that has an immense track record. Uh, listen to Jair Alexander talk about what he did for him in his career. And then go back to 2010 when he coached a couple of rookies in Seattle called Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas, those guys worked yeah, out yeah. Uh, pretty well. But, you know, he talked a lot about just Jeff Okuda getting A.J. Terrell, you know, back up and, and you know, to the level that he was a couple of years ago. I like this move, and I, I really think that our most improved area this offseason was our secondary with Okuda, Jesse Bates, and everything like that. I, I think he's going to have a lot of influence, and I'm expecting big things out of the secondary as a whole this year for this team
2: yeah, a couple things on this. First, I think you're totally right that you know the signing of Jerry Gray was is, is huge for the team. I actually I talked to to Coach Gray during OTAs and about his relationship with Jeff Okuda and how that's grown really fast, even just over the summer, where, you know, basically, during OTAs, uh, Okuda would come into the building at six am or very early and basically just sit in coach gray's office and they would have coffee and they might talk about football. They might talk about coverages. They might talk about something completely random, but you know, they're just building that relationship. And I think that that is, speaks, you know, really great for what Jeff Okuda could be this year. Cause I think with him, with a, in a new setting, with a clear mind, we know how good he was arguably, you know, one of the better cornerback prospects in years coming out of Ohio state. If he can get back to that level, then, you know, the sky is the limit for this secondary, but I think also just, you know, that is kind of a, a perfect illustration of several signings that the Falcons made this offseason, whether it was on the, the the playing roster or the coaching staff, that are kind of like, have like a multiplying effect, where it's not just the, their talent that you're adding, but... With Calais Campbell, you're adding the mentorship that he can provide. With Jesse Bates, you're, you're, you're adding a player in a specific position that can really influence the rest of the defense in, when he's seeing it in front of him. So I think that you, there's, a, there's a few players where you've added – it kind of goes a level beyond just their raw talent, which is going to pr- improve the team or the coaching staff overall. But then there's other things that those players offer that's just like added value. And I think Jerry Gray is a perfect example of that and how he can improve the secondary.
0: Joe Patrick joining us here on the wait hotline Falcons reporter for 92, nine, the game, Um, you know, Ryan Nielsen talked about the pass rush and uh, I still have my concerns about it, but, but he said, we're going to get after it. He said, you know, we're going to get there. We'll, we'll get it. You know, look, obviously he was a guy that in new Orleans helped build that good defensive line that they had. And they did get after quarterbacks, you know, on there, you know, there's a lot of expectation about, and I, I talk about this religiously. I don't mean I just talk about it. I talk about it religiously on my show that if we can't get to the quarterback, I don't care how good your secondary is or things like that, you're not going to be able to cover in today's NFL five guys mm-hmm. running out into patterns and stuff like that. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, Arnold Ebikade to me is the guy that's got to make that big leap on this defense. You think he's got the ability to do that? We saw some flashes last year, but can he be an eight to twelve sack kind of guy for this defense?
2: Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting year at that kind of position and that role, where you have Arnold and You also have D'Angelo Malone, who may be a little bit undersized for this system to really put his hand in the ground and be a defensive end. Uh, and Abikade really is a, a more stout, even though he has he has a kind of a speed rushing profile. He's a thick guy, and he and he, he I have no questions that he'll be able to kind of put his his hand in the ground on a a four-man front and be able to rush the passer. But, you know, both those guys, you know, because they were drafted in the same draft class, pretty close in terms of, like, the the draft capital with a second-rounder and a third-rounder. And I think it'll be interesting to see if one of them kind of elevates above the other uh, this year with their performances on the field and obviously the sacks, which this team desperately needs. Um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, one of the potential, again, to go, kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier with these, these additions that, that help you in multiple ways, uh, you know, Ryan Nielsen obviously comes from a, you know, a, a really, you know, good background with the Saints uh, most recently, but, you know, something that stands out to me is Calais Campbell talked after OTAs about something, they were doing a drill and, and Ryan Nielsen explained it to him in a certain way and, and Calais Campbell actually said it felt really good and he's going to keep doing it that way and it was just an example of one of these things where it's like Calais like I've been in the league for 15 years and I just had somebody explain something to me the way I'd never heard it before and it, and it makes me feel better. I feel like I just got like a better became a, you know a little bit better because of that little coaching moment and that's hopefully what you know Ryan Nielsen will be able to impart on some of these um these rushers. I think a par- another part of it that is going to help the pass rush is I think I I think is going to be just the, the, the way that the, the secondary kind of postures themselves against the, the opposing pass catchers, and that's a lot more man coverage, a lot more in your face, and they might get burned a, a time or two more than they did last year, but I think it's also going to allow them to make plays in the form of sacks, in the form of turnovers, that's going to make them a kind of a more game-changing type of defense, a defense that's a little bit more dangerous than they were last year, where, frankly, even though they were pretty good in terms of limiting teams' points, they were allowing teams to kind of go up and down the field on them, and they were just trying to kind of, you know, hope that they could hold them to a field goal. And uh, I think you'll see this defense be a lot more dynamic. But, of course, as to your point, in order for it to be that way, the sack numbers have to get there. They just have to get there. It, it's, it really is kind of that simple. Joe, um,
0: you know, a lot of chatter has been, you know, leading into, you know, with the offseason and and leading into camp that the Falcons need to add another wide receiver. And and I, again, I'm not saying I vehemently disagree, but, again, when I look at this roster, there are plenty of guys to catch the football. I mean, again, we're not going to throw it 600 times like we did with Matt Ryan. We're not going to be that kind of team. So when you look at... You know whether it's again Scotty Miller and it's London and it's Pitts and John Smith and the running backs and I mean I feel like we have enough pass catchers for what our offense has got to be. I just need to see more production down in the red zone, but i I feel like we don't need more wide receivers. you know again, we just need to take the guys we have and become much better with them
2: yeah i i I, I think you're right i um I probably wasn't thinking that way few weeks ago, but I have come around to the point where, you know, clearly it doesn't seem like they're going to 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 make a big move at this point. And yeah, I mean you look at the 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 offensive weapons that you have, you are I'm I'm already kind of thinking that all of these players are probably going to underperform, like whatever the great fantasy expectations are for them, just because there's so many options and they're just not going to get the kind of volume that some of these other players might in other offenses around the league. So in, 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 and when you think about that, you got to think about what is a, somebody who's going to come join the Falcons, a, a receiver, uh, you know, they got to be thinking, what am I going to be doing? I'm probably going to be coming to run block, honestly, because right. that's what Arthur Smith loves. So, you know, how enticing is that even for somebody to, to come? I know like Corey Davis has been one, but like any of these guys who go on waivers, you're going to have to, you know, agree to a contract with them. And I just don't know how appealing a place like Atlanta is for, you know, um, a, 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 that kind of receiver, kind of a – you know replacement level maybe just slightly above something like that like I don't know how you, you wouldn't want to go to Atlanta you might see your career over because you might not get that many opportunities to catch passes so I agree with you I, I and I don't think it's a big need to your point like I just don't think that it's something that this team uh, is really lacking for at this point they've got some interesting options they've got an array of different kind of profiles throughout the receiving core already and I think that that will give them you know, a good slate of options to choose from. But I really think they're only probably looking at, you know, one, one or two um, that are, you know, potentially, you know, roster bubbles. All right. Uh, before we get out of here,
0: I mean, you might as well put me on Messi last night. I mean, you might as well have let me guard Messi. I mean, that was – I mean, again, I know their defense has been bad, but it was kind of at the point of embarrassing, was it not, last yeah. night? I mean, what you saw totally.
2: – that's, I I wrote about that uh, after the game last night, just saying that, you know, the one of the things with Messi is that when he comes, it's going to attract more eyeballs to really bad performance. Right. <laughs> like, you're, you're going to get scrutinized way more than you used to. It, it, you know, in the old days of MLS, you could sleepwalk through a game and look terrible and nobody notices. And now, if you're playing against Messi, the world is going to notice. And you're going to kind of become a viral moment for all the wrong reasons. So, And that kind of happened to Atlanta, honestly. I mean, this is probably, you know, as, as – messy Messi mania is kind of you know peaking now with him joining the league so yeah that was rough you listen at United is is they're actually a worse roster at this point now than they were three weeks ago before the 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 transfer window opened I know they're trying to work on some deals there have been some reported but um they're just you know the roster is still in a in a state and it's been I think a slower turnaround than President Garth Lagerwey expected when he came in he initially said it might take it would take two transfer windows before the team is kind of back up and and operating at kind of like 100% uh, efficiency on the roster, kind of like the Falcons have gone through over the last year. But I think now he's thinking it's probably going to be some more because we're already at that second transfer window right now. So uh, I don't know, man. They're just they got to kind of cling onto a, the edge of the cliff and try to you know keep themselves alive so they can get some footing here.
0: Well, last question for you. I mean, you know, they started off so well and it was one of the great starts in Atlanta United history. Now you yeah. look, their nine wins and eight defeats, and it's like, okay, I mean, where, again, is it manager? Is it front office? I mean, at some point, doesn't somebody have to be held accountable that we're just kind of fledgling and treading water right now?
2: I think so. They made bad signings. They made bad signings, and I think, actually, the more egregious thing is they've gotten rid of some players that they didn't have to get rid of, but for whatever reason, whether it was, you know, wanting to market the league and sell a player to, you know, Europe, although, you know, I'm just like Miggy's whatever, like he was always going to leave. But I'm just saying, you know, like there are various reasons why they sold these players, all of them probably for the wrong reasons because right. they were really productive here. So I think that's almost the more grievous part as he's tried to like fix something that wasn't broken really. And obviously, you know, you can't keep the same players forever, but clearly there's just been so many mistakes that have happened on the roster. You, I Certainly, I mean, fans are – like starving for some accountability that they haven't really seen yet. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if it comes.
0: Joe Patrick, he covers the Atlanta Falcons for ninety two nine. the game. You can find him on his personal Twitter page, at JAPatrick200. He uh, joined me here on the com hotline. Joe, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show tonight, and uh, obviously we will uh, keep chatting again here soon. I miss you being in studio doing updates I where we could, you know, have these conversations, so. I, I, I know miss, the most plan, I know. Days,
2: so. Yeah, yeah. Well, when these when these you know two days are over, the training camp is over, maybe we can get do some of that again. All right. Well, that's good. All right, Joe, appreciate it uh, as always,
0: buddy. Thanks, man. All so right, thanks, Chuck. When uh we get back, uh it'll be time for what's bugging Chuckery. Um, again, I, I love how a pay cut involves a fifty-eight point two million dollar guaranteed payment. Anyway, Chuckery in the Kia Studios, sports radio 92.9 the game, the odyssey app.